Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All righty, welcome back. Uh, really welcome back to episode 112 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. We are back after a week hiatus. Took a week off last week, but we are back and we got a big gauntlet of shit coming up for you, you know, over the next few weeks. So episode 112, Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast back. Um, yeah, we, uh, we came back from a three-day, I guess four-day weekend trip on a bachelor party in Florida and... Uh, yeah, good time. Good time, yeah. South Florida, first time ever going. It's felt like we've been gone for a lot longer than just, I mean, technically like two weeks, but only really missed a week. It's felt like a lot longer than that. Uh, but yeah, if you've never been in South Florida, definitely recommend. Yeah, and uh, I know Travis is giving me shit on the podcast for not drinking before. I am not drinking tonight. Because I'm almost 30 years old and I, I'm not, I shit you not, we drank for probably a solid 72 hours straight. And I think the two drunk brothers walking out of a nightclub at, you know, the ass crack of dawn when the sun's coming up, like we were in fucking varsity blues while we were in South Florida, definitely makes up for me not drinking tonight because we definitely lived up to the name down there. Yes. Coming out of a basically Miami nightclub when the sun is in the air. And uh, we live up to our name of Two Drunk Brothers. So Jared's not drinking. I'm having a casual uh, beer night just because, you know, I figured why the hell not. I'm only 25 years old. So with that being said, uh, we got a pretty cool episode for you guys. Probably one of the best UFC cards that honestly I can remember at a recent date. Yeah. This one should be. We always say it. I I know we always say it, but like. Honestly, I don't, I haven't seen the UFC card that's gotten me as excited for Saturday like this has in a long time. I mean, top to bottom on the main card, it's worth every fucking penny. So if you're a cheap ass person that's going to stream it, just fork up the dough and buy it because it's going to be worth it. Um, even the I think the eight the final eight fights are all going to be amazing. Like the last three on the undercard and the entire main card is going to be amazing. So yeah, we're definitely. Three title fights, uh, one super title fight between two two different champions. You have four champions fighting this card. So, yeah, it, it is insanely massive. I mean, it's very seldom that I know this, like, and we're pretty big in UFC and, and pretty knowledgeable. It's very seldom I know this many names on, on a card, starting with the last match uh, of the early prelims. I yeah. know every single matchup. So, 10 straight fights yeah I mean, bananas you're you're gonna re- recognize some names on there that you probably haven't heard of, heard in a while and you know just like i said a lot of great fights on that super pumped for it goes down this saturday march the 6th obviously on espn plus the prelims are on espn so that'll get you juiced up and amped 
But before that, uh, we are going to go through the like a, this episode all about the UFC pretty much. Um, but we are going to talk about a couple things on the intro before we get to the UFC 259. Um, first, you guys didn't realize since we didn't come out with an episode last week, we did drop some new merch for all you t- people from St. Louis, the Team STL merch line by Two Drunk Brothers. Got some cool shit on there. Got an STL shirt with the with the blues and the Cardinals and the Tigers stuff. Uh, Mizzou Tigers, that is. I'll make an STL. Got a Murderer's Row t-shirt featuring the top four people of the Cardinals lineup. And then a Bennington shirt, which probably could have dropped at a better time after he's went through and punched three people in the face and tried to fight the other goalie on, on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, great time. Great timing. Not necessarily performance-wise because he's been semi-average on the ice. But after that, I was like, awesome. So, yeah. Go check out all the Team STL merch and use code STL10 for 10% off at the checkout. And that's not and that's good for all the merch on our website, not just those three. So go check that out uh, to the Teespring link in our bio. Also, spring right around the corner, uh, starting to get some nicer weather after our uh, snow madness episode we had a couple weeks ago, which means you need a new cooler. Go to Blue Coolers, check out, check out them. Uh, they got some pretty good sales going on right about now. And then which, with March Madness, now that it's March, follow us on the Action Network. We put out daily lines, uh, and you can also gamble on Bovada with our Action Network picks, which we also have a uh, referral link in our bio. Yeah, yeah. So definitely use all the referral links in our bio so we get credit for you guys going there. But uh, a lot of cool shit, like Travis said, spring's coming around, Action Network, Bovada, uh, bet there, we got. March Madness is heating up. I don't know if it's like me just, you know, recovering from the weekend bender, but I'm trying to get back and amped up into gambling. Really wasn't into it much yesterday. Um, dabble a little bit today, but hopefully I'm able to get back in the swing of things. So uh, there's been two big uh, pieces of breaking news in the NFL um, that really kind of sh- – one of them struck down yesterday on March 1st, the other one today, March 2nd. The first one was obviously J.J. Watt to the Cardinals, signed a two-year – $31 million deal with $23 million guaranteed. I personally did not think he was going to get that much money. That was very surprising to me that the way his, his health has been, that he got that much money for, uh, by, by, hitting, by hitting the market. So do you think he's a good fit there in Arizona? I think it's, I think it works out pretty well for, for, for everyone involved. I don't know about for everyone involved. For the Cardinals, yeah. Like, I mean, they did pay him a lot, but now you're going to have J.J. Watt lined up on the other side of Chandler Jones which is insane. But for J.J. Watt, I don't really necessarily know outside of the money if it was the best, like, fit for him. Like, he is, what, 32 years old? Yeah. Been known of having some injury history. At this point, like, I feel like you almost got to go ring chasing if that's what your goal is. Uh, And after what last season, you know, ended up to be for the Cardinals, I don't think that they are – in contention. I don't, and I definitely don't think adding JJ Watt puts them in Super Bowl contention. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's what, that was my thought. I was talking to my wife about it. Cause you know, she, she obviously knows who JJ Watt is and is in tune to that. And I'm just like, I don't think if you need to go ring chasing, you go to a Kansas city, they desperately need a, need a good pass rusher. Uh, maybe take a, a discount to go there. Maybe a, Shit, I don't know. San Francisco, could you imagine him on, him on the same line as uh, as as the Bosa brother? Can't remember which one it is. I mean, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like of all the teams, especially it was rumored to go to like the Packers, the Browns, the Steelers, like those three teams all went to the playoffs, all contenders. 
Cardinals missed the playoffs in which they had, you know, the schedule and capability to go there. They just fell flat. And I don't think that adding JJ Watt is going to put him there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you could even argue that the Cardinals might finish last night in that division. Um, you got 49ers are going to get healthy. They're going to get all their, all their talent back. The Rams have Matt Stafford in that Sean McVay offense. The Seahawks still have Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, all the weapons up there. I mean, JJ Watt's going to have a tough time chasing around Russell Wilson and um, some of these, some of these talented quarterbacks. So uh, yeah, I was just surprised by the money. 23 million guaranteed for a 32 year old aging pass rusher seemed like a lot. Yeah, it does seem like a lot, especially when I'm not sure I don't have it in front of me, but you know, you don't, you never know the amount of games you're going to get out of JJ Watt. Yeah, no, could I know be, there's those could two be 15, years. could be five. Yeah. There's, there's two years there where he was pretty badly plagued with injuries, which sucked. Hopefully I think last year he did play end up playing the full season, which is, which was good to see, but yeah. So JJ watched the Cardinals, obviously, the reason why everyone was like, well, why was he able to sign somewhere? You know, free agency hasn't started because free agency doesn't start until March 17th. The reason why is because they cut him. So, which kind of leads to this next point, which, you know, the, they cut J.J. Watt means he was able to sign anywhere he wanted. Same thing with Dwayne Haskins when he signed with Pittsburgh. Um, same with this next guy that we're going to talk about. The Dolphins today cut Kyle Van Noy after one year into his four-year $53 million contract. Um, us being Dolphins fans, we're very taken aback by it. He was apparently a locker room leader, um, very, very big down there in that culture they're trying to build because that's what Brian Flores is all about. Um, but what, what's your thought process and why the Dolphins might have made this move to to cut Kyle Van Noy? You know, I mean, he was the second oldest guy on the team next to Fitzpatrick, but he's still only 29. I mean, he's still yeah. super, super young. So the only reason, literally the only reason I can think of them cutting him was to – create cap space for a large signing that they're wanting to do. And I shit you not, I will be pissed. And even if I wasn't a Dolphins fan, leaving me very head scratching for them to cut him and not go out and sign Deshaun Watson. Cause I didn't know. He they was can't, well, hold time, hold time, hold time. They can't sign Deshaun Watson. Okay. Get this trade for him regardless. Cause I did not know he was this big of an impact. Are you ready for this? I knew he was good, but I know he was this good. Van Noy last year, third on the team in tackles with 69. Nice. Third on the (laughs) team in sacks. Third on the team in sacks with six. Fourth in pass deflections. First in tackles for loss. Third in forced fumbles. First in fumbles recovered. If you're going to cut a guy that has that much production and not sign like a Deshaun Watson or go out and get somebody that's going to change the face of your franchise, you're stupid. Yeah, I mean, I knew he was he was effective in what people argued and said was one of the best defenses in the league. And not only that, like, I'm sure he was a huge locker room guy. Like, no offense to Xavier Howard. We, we love the X-Men um, on, as, at Two Drunk Brothers, but I don't see him being a big, very big vocal guy in the locker room. I don't see Byron Jones being a very big vocal guy in the locker room on the defense. Like, I think Kyle Van Noy and Jerome Baker in that linebacking core were the dudes, like you said. I don't know if Deshaun Watts on the cards. I saw a lot of trades yesterday on Twitter that made me want to fucking throw my phone in my lake that the Dolphins are going to give up both our first rounders this year. Um, first rounder next year, first rounder in 2023, Tua and Xavier Howard, like piss off. That's not going to happen. Um, maybe the only other thing I can think of is Allen Robinson. He's, he's a big name out there at wide receiver, but he's kind of the same guy that Devonte Parker is. So I don't see why that would be the case. You'd cut Kyle Van Noy just, very, very head-scratching move, in my opinion. Yeah, and just the more I think about it, the more mad I get. 
uh, just because, you know, like the Dolphins have taken up this time to build out their secondary, their safeties, their linebackers. Now they got that all in place. They're like two pieces away on defense from having the defense in the NFL, like the most unstoppable defense you can think of. And then they go out and cut probably, honestly, arguably one of the top linebackers from last year in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating. I did hear that they, they're expecting the cap to either remain – constant i think it's at 181 i think they're expecting it to remain at 181 or it's going to drop so i don't know if they because i know the way his contract was designed he was going to make more money on the back end i don't know still a very head scratching move but we'll see where the dominoes fall on that um but just thought that was interesting to talk about those two nfl players so without further ado let's jump into ufc 259 we're going to go through this fight by fight and we're not going to bury the lead we're going to start with the championship fight, the main event. It is a light heavyweight, what I would call a super fight. You have the light heavyweight champion, Jan, Polish power Blahovitz, um, fighting the middleweight champion, which is 185. Um, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya. Blahovitz is the big dog at plus 195, and Adesanya, obviously the heavy favorite at minus 225. Um, very interesting fight, I think. I think this is a stylistically uh, mismatch obviously size and weight, a mismatch. So how do you see this playing out? Well, yeah, especially because I read something today yep. on ESPN saying that uh, Adesanya wasn't going to put on weight for this fight. He's going to come in. I, I read at most at 200 and at the lowest 193. Yeah. And he said, he's not worried about the weight difference, but he honestly didn't come out and say that he would probably struggle a little bit. If this fight went to the ground, which honestly, if you're young, you love to hear that because training for this fight, that's where you probably want the fight to be. Yeah. I mean, Jan weighs probably every bit of 225, 230, walking into a fight after after weight cut day or after weigh-ins. I mean, that dude is – you take a look at him. He does not walk around at 205. There's not a chance in hell he's ginormous. And Adesanya, talking about a guy who doesn't even have to, doesn't even have to cut weight when he fights at middleweight. He fights at 185. He said he, does, he never has to do, go through like strenuous weight cuts. So I read that too, that he's probably gonna say, fuck it and come in at 193. I think that's a giant mistake in my personal opinion. Um, because I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't suit him well for sure. No. Because yeah, I mean, Jan, yeah, he can't hit, but also, I mean, he's got nine of his 27 wins by submission. So like, while he is a powerful striker, he knows what to do on the ground, especially whenever you come out and say, you know, I don't really know how well this is going to be with the weight differential on the ground. You're only going to want to make it go to the ground even more. Yeah, I mean, Brulhovitz is also a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean, for that big of a guy to be a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting fight for sure. Honestly, I don't know how it's going to go. Like, I really, I, I can see this fight going, you know, a numerous amount of ways. Adesanya, while he is smaller, does hold, obviously, the reach advantage by two inches because he is two inches taller, but I honestly don't know how Adesanya is going to attack Blahovitz without him swarming him or trying to take him down just because he is that bigger body. Yeah. So the one thing is Adesanya is a ju- is amazing at counter-striking. I was watching a video today from, uh, I can't remember who, who, who it was, but on ESPN on Instagram, they're like going through the ways he beat Gastelum and the way he beat, um, What's the dumbass? The Apollo Costa, which by the way, did you see his excuse for why he lost that fight? No. Paulo Costa said that he 
was up for 24 hours trying to cut weight for the for the Adesanya fight and made weight obviously and then he said he couldn't go to sleep so to try to make himself go to sleep he because he knew he had to because he had been for 24 hours he just drank a bunch of wine um and got and passed out and he said he's probably hung over for the fight i was like dude that's I mean, that's a very strenuous excuse not to say that I don't believe it because just from the get-go in that fight, Costa didn't even look like he wanted to be there. No. So like, anyway. it's a very ugly fight. Honestly, both, both of Adesanya's last two fights, the one versus Romero and the one versus Costa, like they were both very like easy. It seemed like the, the other fighter didn't even really want to be there. So going in against Blahovitz, you know that this dude, I mean, Jan has fought the fights to get there. He has been around. He has fought since 2007 to hold this belt. So you know that he's going to do everything in his power to keep this fucking belt. Yeah, and he's only had two losses since 2017, and one of those was to to Thiago Santos, who arguably would have beat John Jones if he didn't obliterate the fuck out of his knee. And we could be talking about a Blahovitz santos fight at some point in time for the belt but um so he, it's not like he's been a schlub like in this kind of schlubbed his way here because i think a lot of people think that because john jones did vacate the belt blahovitz got it got a title shot at it but i mean the dude has beaten some top competition over the last two and a half three years to get here um but so is izzy i mean izzy's got wins over romero gasolum anderson silva um a lot of a lot of top contenders out there so uh, i don't i will say this i do not see adesanya knocking out Blahovitz. I just yeah and that that's literally was what I was about to go into uh is the fact that Jan's only been knocked out twice in his career once in the last decade which was from Tiago Santos who we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later because he's also fighting on this card uh and with that being said I'm gonna dive into my picks for you because I have technically two I have two for quite a lot of these fights my main pick is gonna be Blahovitz plus 195 that's going to be my uh, my go-to pick. Now, if you don't like that pick, you really are an Adesanya backer, this is your pick to go to for Adesanya. But it's him by decision, which is plus 240, because we all know he's not going to beat him on the ground, and I really don't think he knocks him out uh, just because of what I said a, little sec- a second ago about him not getting knocked out much. So, Blahovitz plus 195. If you're not a Adesanya guy, you can take him by decision plus 240. I also have those exact same picks. It's a fucking hilarious. You said that. That's um, funny. I, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't think Adesanya. I mean, I just said I, I don't think Adesanya is going to knock out Blahovitz. Um, I can't pick Adesanya at minus two twenty five. And I honestly, to God, think that this weight difference is going to matter. If you're going to fight a guy, Blahovitz is not going to come and weigh in two hundred five. Um, if you're going to fight a guy, and you're going to weigh twenty thirty pounds difference from him. Like he said, he's worried if it goes to the ground. He's worried if he probably gets in the clinch. So if you're Jan, you just don't overreach. Don't try to, you know, knock him out because it's probably going to go a little a little bit of the distance. I do think – I don't know if Jan will win by decision. If he does win, I think he will have to probably knock out Adesanya. But I don't think it's going to come in the first two rounds. If you're Jan, don't get over antsy. Just wait. Take your Take your shots. And do it that way. So I like those two picks as well. Jan Blahovitz at plus 95 and Izzy by decision at plus 240. I can back those. All right. We like it. Moving on to the second to last uh, fight on the card, the women's featherweight title fight, which is odd enough to say because we don't see a lot of these uh, at 145 in the women's division. 
is the champion Amanda the Lioness Nunez minus eleven hundred <laughs> versus Megan Anderson, who's plus whopping seven twenty. Uh, I mean, obviously you cannot bet straight up on Amanda Nunez in this fight. It's just insane at those odds. Like those odds are basically like almost saying, "Why even fight this fight?" I mean, you say that, and then I mean. What I was trying to compare it to is whenever um, Rousey lost to uh, what's-her-face, uh, Holly Holm. Like, I don't know if the odds were this this big, but this is kind of what it reminds me of. People are like, you know, can Anderson get it done? I'm going to come straight out of the gate and say no. And I'm also going to say that Amanda Nunes is probably going to go down in history as not only the greatest women's fighter in the UFC, but probably the greatest fighter ever. Like, there's been no one that's been as dominant as she's been at all like she's defended her the weight class below this featherweight belt six times this will be her second title defense against um in the featherweight division so i don't think megan anderson's the person to beat amanda nunez and i'll keep it plain and simple at that i do have three different bets that if you're going to bet on this fight i personally probably won't um first one i like is nunez by tko it's like it's. I think it's even, which is crazy to me because yeah, it's because she's won her last few fights by by decision. Uh yeah, probably. And I, I, I'm not gonna say I don't like Nunez by TKO, but I'm just gonna start off by saying I don't think that anyone is going to be able to beat Nunez at this weight because you gotta remember this is 145. Yeah. Uh, I know Mag Anderson is a bigger girl. She's six foot tall, uh, but Nunez has like the body build to basically just beat anybody. Her last loss was almost seven years ago. So like you said, like she could go down as like the best fighter in the history, best pound for pound fighter in UFC history, which is wild to say. Uh, this is how I see the fight going down. Um, let, me, let me pull it up a little bit here. Here's my stats that I had from earlier. Like Amanda Nunez, as much as we know that she has knockout power, like she's, she's a bad bitch on the ground. Oh yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you know that. And so this is how I see it going down. Megan Anderson got submitted by Felicia Spencer in 2019. Whenever Nunez and Felicia Spencer fought last year, Nunez held the ground control from for nine or eight minutes versus nine seconds. Jesus. So I just feel like Nunez is going to just pounce on her and never let up. So with that being said, my value pick is Nunez by decision at plus 195. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, feel like that's very possible uh, outcome of this fight. And then my main pick, I think that Anderson knows that she's going to want to wrestle her kind of feels out the little first bit of this fight because it is a five round fight. Meg Anderson's never been in a five round fight before going to want to maintain her stamina. So my main pick over one and a half rounds is only minus 120. Damn. And a, and a, a five-round title fight. So that's not a bad pick at all, that over one and a half rounds. That also pairs some of the other two value picks. Like you said, Meg Anderson um, has not been out of the first round since 2018. So I can see fatigue playing a factor. Nunez in round two is plus 300, and Nunez in round three is plus 700. So have – Nunez finishing her a little bit later, probably. Like hopefully, if that round two hits, uh, hopefully it's a little bit later, uh, preferably in the last two minutes of the fight, well, or last two minutes of the round. 
But uh, yeah, I don't hate those. I mean, basically any kind of prop that you can find on Nunez to win this fight that has good odds, just do it. And you feel comfortable with it, take it. Yeah, we'll say the TKO fight, the TKO bet is you're basically picking Nunez to win in the first round because that's the only round I see you're not going to route in. If it goes past that, she's either going to win by decision or she's going to win on the ground. Like, like Travis said, trying to trying to get that ground control and just grind her out. And that's why those round two and those round three plays that I said about Nunez are going to be more about her getting her on the ground, controlling the shit out of it, and probably submitting her, not knocking her out. Maybe maybe some ground and pound, but you know it, it's more than likely going to going to be a submission. Yeah, I mean, if you if we get Nunez by submission in round two or three, and you call that, like you're gonna you're gonna take that ticket to the bank all day long. But like mm-hmm. I said. You need to go fucking we both buy, like, buy a lottery ticket after that. Yeah, no shit. We both like Nunez. So, honestly, those are what we like. But find a prop that you like for Nunez uh, to finish this fight or round to win this fight in and roll with it. Yeah. Which, that's going to lead us into the third fight on the main card. Um, another championship fight. Men's Bantamweight. Um, you got the champion, Peter. No mercy, Jan. At minus 120. Versus the number one contender in this weight class, Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling at minus 110. Very, very close odds. There's a great reason for it because these two dudes are clearly, in my opinion, the top, the cream of the crop in this division. Actually, I think one guy's way better than the other guy, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you lead, lead into it. Yeah, I think they're both minus 110. Uh, okay. And like, if you're not wanting to bet on a fight, this would be the fight to do just sit back and watch. Cause I honestly think it should be a good one. Um, but saying that we can talk about the possibilities, two guys who are like so different in techniques, Jan, who's like 50% right around as fights by a T by a TKO. And then Aljamain Sterling, who's won right around 40%, a little more of his fights by submission. And then you got on the contrary, Jan's never been submitted and Sterling's only been KO'd once which was like, which was by a lucky knee from Marlon Moraes a while back. Uh, But like with those two things in consideration, this fight could be extremely exciting or extremely boring. I I unfortunately going to think it's going to be the latter, man. I do. I think, I think this is going to be a long grinding. I don't think we're going to have the three of the three title fights in the card. If you had to pick one and be like, okay, which one is not going to go to a finish. I'm picking this one. Um, I think these two guys are stylistically different um, and they're both going to be very aware of that. And they're both going to be very leery of trying to make a mistake and cause them to lose for Peter, for Jan to lose the belt and Sterling. People are saying like, this is your one shot, dude. He's been clamoring and saying that, you know, you've been saying you're the number one contender. He has gotten passed up. In my opinion, it should be him that should have got a shot at it instead of Peter Jan. But I, I think this fight's going to go to a decision. I, well, I really if, I, I, if, if that's the case, I do not, I do not see Aljamain Sterling winning this fight if it's boring and goes to a decision. I really don't. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. 
just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Uh, this this dude is a, is a fighter that, like, I don't know how many times you've seen him. I'm sure you've seen him fight a lot, but talking about other people, like, he he gets after it. Like, he he goes out there. He's an aggressor. He, that's why he got knocked out by Marlon Moraes. He literally got dropped, got back up, went at him, almost submitted him, got back up again, and then got knocked out. Like, he is on you all the time. So that's what I'm saying. If he starts, if he's trying to feel Peter Jan out, I don't think that he, he gets it done because he's not the knockout guy. I don't think he's trying to feel him out. I don't think he's trying to knock him out. I mean, he's, he's, he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Matt Serra. Um, no joke in the mat. Like you said, eight of his 19 wins have come by submission. Um, he boasts a full reach reach advantage. So I think he's not going to give up that distance. Maybe try to feel him out for the first, you know, cut few minutes, first round, maybe. But I, after that, I think he's going to try to do do ring control, clinch, um, and kind of kind of get Jan maybe down to the ground that way. So um, I, I see this being a semi boring fight. Sterling being more technical. You said you just said Jan's a knockout artist. Like he's not super technical. So I like Sterling to win outright at minus one ten, and I also like him to win by decision at plus three forty. So I like Sterling. My two main picks, it's Sterling, uh, Aljamain Sterling minus 110 and the under of four and a half, which is minus 125. And then I like, uh, since I do like the under and Sterling, I like Sterling by a submission if you're feeling ballsy at plus 350. Okay. Honestly, this is also like if you're, if you're like, this is the hardest prop fight to pick, I feel like, um, because the, the odds are so close. Uh you know, you can really bet either way and, and, and find value in it. So uh, I will say this. I think that before we move on, I think Sterling's fought better competition than Jan. Um, oh, he absolutely has. I mean, he's 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 beaten Sanhagen, Munoz, Rivera. Meanwhile, on Jan's path to the belt, I mean, he beat an aging Jose Aldo, like bounce his fucking head off the canvas. And Uriah Faber, both old dudes. And Jimmy, Jimmy Rivera, who's also on the back end of his career. Like so, that's, And that's why – that's why I think that if uh, that Sterling's just going to go balls to the wall in this fight, and if he gets knocked out, so be it, and you lose. But if he wins, he's going to do so in the fashion of under four and a half and by submission. Like the, the dude was able to submit Corey Sanhagen uh, in, in a minute and twenty eight seconds. Like one of the best contenders in this division. Yeah, I mean that guy literally just probably had the knockout of the year with that knee to the face. You know, a few uh, month or so ago. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm picking, I'm picking Sterling outright. So if he fucking comes in there and gets Peter out of the ground and submits him in the first round, I'm not going to be upset. But like I said, if I had to pick a fight on this card, it's going to go to a decision. I'm probably going to pick this one um, championship fight. So um, go ahead and lead us into the second fight on the main card. It's a lightweight fight, Travis. And uh, I'll let you lead it, lead it in this one. 
Yeah. So we got number 14, uh, Islam Makashev. I know I'm going to butcher that. So I'm just going to call him Islam when I'm, when I am, uh, you know, calling him in, in our little description. He's minus 335 versus number 15th ranked contender, Drew Dober, plus 275. I mean, we love us some Drew Dober. Forgive me if I'm a little biased, but I'll try not to be. But like when you look at Drew Dober's record, which is the only reason I can see him being such an underdog in this uh, with his nine losses, it's a little scary, but all those, a, a lot of those losses came to the beginning of his career. I mean, he's 32 years old. He's fought a lot of times. He's only lost three times in the last five years, yeah. uh, all by submissions, which is why I can see why Islam is minus 335 because he is a ground artist, but still. I mean, I feel like he well, deserves a little bit more respect than this. Um, they're calling this Islam guy the next Khabib, and I see why. I mean, he has all the tools to do it. He trains with Khabib, um, but like you said, Dober's a favorite uh, of, of from us. He basically this Islam guy has been called the next Khabib with better striking. But like you said, Dober three straight KO wins. Fought recently. Fought as recently as May. You look at Islam, he hasn't fought since September 2019. That's all. That's a year and a half. And I'm a big proponent in staying active in the octagon. I mean, look at all these guys that take time off and come back and they look sloppy. Conor McGregor. Um, who else? Is, I mean, Diaz, when he came back to fight for the BMF belt against fucking uh, Masvidal after taking that year or two years off after fighting Conor. Like, he looks sloppy. got his ass whooped. So I think these, these guys that come off these big layoffs, like, have issues. Um, so, I mean, yeah, and, I mean, and you, we, we say, you say that a lot of people say that he's Khabib with more power, but when you look at his, at his stats, he only has three knockout wins. His only loss came from knockout Drew Dober on the other hand, uh, 10, 10 career knockout wins of his 23, uh, the reach is the same. And what I think a lot of people could be downplaying or maybe don't realize when they're thinking about this fight is that Drew Dober is a Southpaw, yep. you no. Know, uh, what happens with people who have strong striking powers of Southpaw is it's pretty fucking dangerous, AKA Conor McGregor. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like he's just got that, that one left and that can put you out. And that's yeah. what happened. I mean, he beat Nazareth hack press in the first round by knockout. Who I thought was going to be like the next, the next guy. Like I thought yeah. Nazareth was going to be the next guy coming up in this lightweight division and Dober made him look like a fucking fool. So, uh, I mean, I, I, minus three thirty-five, a guy coming off a year and a half layout layoff. I always pick, and there's always that one fight on every single card where you're like, "That's that was a gigantic fucking upset." I think this, I think this is that fight. I'm picking Drew Dober at plus two seventy-five. I also do not mind because I think these guys are going to be there. There's no doubt about it, both these guys are, are dog fighters. I also like the over of two and a half at minus one seventy-five. Um, I don't think Dober will knock him out, but um, maybe he will. Who fucking knows? But also, like, because if if you're gonna bet Dober, oh, sorry, I got that wrong. I don't think this Islam guy is gonna gonna knock Dober out or beat him on the no, game. no, no, no. So if if you if you dabble in both those Dober plus two seventy five and the over of minus one seventy five, you kind of you're kind of hedging your bet there, but also getting some value as well. Sort of, it kind of goes against what I do, but what I'm gonna say. But pick pick what you feel comfortable. I'm doing Dober plus two seventy five as my main pick just because so try not to be a little bit biased, but end up being it. This is how my non-bias comes in my value pick. Uh, I'm doing Islam by submission at plus four fifty. 
plus 450 from this dude by submission. And Drew Dober's three losses in the last five years, they've all been by submission. Okay. Wow. So, like, if you want to hedge your bets, do it that way. Yeah. That is good. We we that's the second fight we've done that on. We did that on the on the main event with uh, Jan and and uh, Adesanya. Adesanya, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, that um, um, I mean, God, you're right. Talking about this is getting me pumped up. Well, uh, <laughs> the first fight on the main card. So opening up this this just gauntlet of dog fights we're gonna have. We have a light heavyweight fight. Uh, big boys. You got number two Tiago Santos at plus one thirty five versus number four Alexander Rakic. Um, at minus one fifty five, and again, two big old dogs. I mean, these these boys will throw hands. So, uh, Ray Kick up being an up and comer, Tiago Santos being a mainstay in this division for a long, long time. Kind of have two different things here. What do you? How do you see this thing playing out? Yeah, I mean, I love the fact that I mean that Tiago Santos is the underdog in this fight, and I think it's just from the main reason that. He lost to John Jones, got hurt, lost to Glover Teixeira in his last fight because he's a stand-up fighter. And Glover Teixeira, I mean, you've seen that old man's powered through some fucking fighters over the last couple yeah. of years. Like, he beat Anthony Smith. He's been going crazy. Unless Raykick, I'm sure we're saying that wrong, too, because it looks <laughs> funny. Unless he somehow learned how to grapple in this past camp, this fight, staying on the ground, they're going to be throwing fists at each other the whole time. And like you said earlier, let's not forget that Santos was probably honestly going to beat John Jones until he got hurt. Like he yeah, but really I do strong. think I think that knee injury has has fucked him up a little bit, to be honest with you, because that's a I total mean, maybe. But may, we we might have to worry about that more if this fight was going to be a ground fight, but it's not. Which I I don't know. You know, I mean, you say that unless he's learning how to grapple, but you look at it, he is a black belt in jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. Um, Rakic is so. You know, if he can get it in the clinch and, and somehow get it to the ground, I think that could be a because you look at it, that's how um who we just talk about Teixeira. That's how Teixeira beat Santos in his last fight. So Santos, I like him, but he's worrying me coming off two straight losses. Yeah, I just I don't think so. I mean, they they both have a lot of their wins uh on the feet. Neither of them have, have big takedown averages, neither of them have big submission averages. I mean, if you're looking at it, Rakic's takedown accuracy is only 28%. Are you going to take yeah. down a, a big old six foot two, like guy who's stout to the ground when you're six foot four, when you have that low of a takedown accuracy? I don't think so. Uh, not to mention this, and this is where I'm going to take, I'm going to lead into my pick is their track records. Rakic has fought not many big names outside of Volkan, Azdemir, and Anthony Smith. I'm going to run through Tiago Santos's track record for I mean, you. He's thir- he's 37, so he's he's been around the block a time or two. Yeah. Listen to his last eight fights, though. KO'd Jack Hermanson. KO'd Anthony Smith. Beat Kevin Holland by decision. KO'd Eric Anders. KO'd Jan Blahovitz in 2019. Then lost by decision to John Jones. Lost by submission to Glover Teixeira. I mean, those people that he's fought are bananas. I mean, they're all top contenders. I mean, because he's so, yeah. I mean, just just from the just from the way that I see it, and the way the people that he's fought, I'm taking Tiago Santos plus one thirty five. That's the only pick I have in this fight. Man, got opposing picks here. Um, like I said, Santos being thirty seven and coming off back to back losses, especially that loss to an aging Glover Teixeira by submission. But you said you you did make a good point that Teixeira has been 
beating some some fucking that guy must have got a second wind or something in his career because he's he's beaten I mean, some dudes recently. I remember I put I mean I we had lots of money on Anthony Smith in that Smith to share fight and he just straight up embarrassed him. He even apologized to him when he was beating him. When he was hitting him, sorry man, this is business. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, that's insane. An old man like that can do it. That'd be uh, that'd, that'd be cool to see him try to try to try to make a make another run up top. But uh, anyway. I, I just I think the two fight two back to back losses, uh, especially that one after blowing out his knee, and going through all that rehab. Maybe he's taken the time off and gotten better, but that was in November recently when he just lost. I mean, he literally just lost in November, so this is like five months ago. Um, yeah, Rakic hey. dominated Lionheart Smith. Um, younger, but he took him to a decision, two inch reach. Yeah, but it was it was like that to Sheriffy where he just dominated him the whole the whole time. Um, kind of rode him. Um, so I'm gonna do Ray Kick minus 155. That's the only pick I have as well. Uh, so got opposing picks there. I really don't like any props in this fight because if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen by knockout. Maybe the over, maybe the over if it's not absolutely completely insane. But that's that's how I'd lean on it. All right, that's what Jared has. I mean, don't want to don't want to sit here and uh, have opposing picks too much, but I just. I can't get over looking at Rakic's like history and have seen all these people that he hasn't fought. Like he's only had six fights in the UFC. Yeah. So that and that that's kind of what I what I base my shit off of. So imposing picks, you know, look at it. You don't always have to ride with us. To look at it, take what you feel comfortable with if you if you want to bet on it. Yeah, that hasn't happened in a while, but it does happen from time to time. So. Get over it, suck it up, tough titty. Uh, but like I said, that's just the main card. There are a ton of fights on the undercard, both on the early prelims. And- I mean, we we could talk about every single fight on these prelims if we wanted to, because I'm excited about all of them. Uh, I got three. I I got three on on the prelims that I that I, that I like. I got three fights and four picks. On the, so let's on the let's start let's start with the early prelims because I have a fight on the early prelims. You're gonna let's see. I'm gonna guess Travis is gonna talk about Tim Elliott. Absolutely, I'm going to talk about Tim Elliott, dude. Uh, Tim Elliott versus Jordan Espinoza. This is a flyweight fight. Uh, Elliott's plus 105, and Espinoza's minus 125. I've been a fan of Elliott ever since I saw him fight uh, in the Cowboy McGregor card. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. We like called the mullet man, came out from Wichita, Kansas. Uh, and the, the dude got like slept on his feet. Yeah. That's that guy. Like he got slept on his feet, kept going. Like at one point in the fight, 
versus Askar Askarov, mind you, which is a pretty damn good contender. And he, and, hey, he also fights on this card too. Yeah, Askarov. he does. He fights on the prelims. Like Elliot just kept putting his hands down. He was taking shots to the face. Uh, the dude's electric. Yeah. I will say that. And just from that alone. When he, when, uh, win, win or lose, he, he's electric. Yeah. When, like he's fun as shit. Like the dude could get knocked out. The dude could like anything could happen. This guy's fights 17, 11 and one. Uh, Espinoza is not like this great up and coming fighter. He's 15 and eight. Uh, I just got to take Tim Elliott plus 105 just because how fun he is to watch fight. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree as well. Um, I like that pick a lot. I will back that. It's not personal on my card. Like I said, uh, my three picks that I have on the, on the prelims are all three. Um, the last three leading up to the, to the main, to the main card. So if you have another one that's before that, go ahead and, and, and rip it off. Um, it my is not, I have, I have, is, my first fight uh, match seven and six. Okay. My first fight song is, is song Yudong. So. Yeah. I, I also have that fight. Okay. So I will talk about song Yudong who is fighting uh, Kyler Phillips and, one thing I know, dudes named Kyler are complete chodes. So your mom, yeah. couldn't, mom couldn't decide between Kyle and Tyler, so she just kind of combined them together. Um, uh, Yudong is the favorite at minus one fifty five. That's who I'm leaning. Not a lot of reason behind it. I like Song Yudong. Been around for a long, long time, a long, long time, and hasn't lost a fight since 2016. I just don't see him losing to losing to a guy with two UFC fights under his belt. The odds are good enough for me to take Yudong straight up minus one one fifty five. So that's why I'm gonna, I'm going to do so. Yeah, I'm also leaning Yudong here. Like on paper, on paper, Kyler Phillips has has the tools and the stats and the striking and the grappling to destroy him. But for me, it's going to rely on, like you said, experience. Yudong, I mean, did he not fight for a title a little bit ago? He did not. He was going to. Um, I think he was up there, though. Like he was, he was one of the top title contenders. Well, yeah, he was. He's ranked 14th now in that division. So, well, maybe not. Maybe he's just an up and comer. But regardless of the fact, he's not really uh, he's been around for a while. He fought. Yeah, he. Fought, uh, his last fights against Cody Stallman and Marlon Vera, uh, which honestly I think he should have probably lost to Marlon Vera, but just fighting a guy who. So he he should have beat Cody Stallman though, because he was deducted a point for an illegal knee. Yeah, so two fights that didn't yeah. really go his way. Yeah, but the dude, the dude's got some serious power, and uh, fighting a guy that's had two UFC fights, it's easy to bet against. I would not be surprised if Kyler Phillips just comes in and shocks uh, some people and dominates, but I'm not going to bet on it. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, so Song Yudong, like I said, my next one is Askar Askarov uh, fighting Joseph Benavides. Um, Ascroft's the minus one twenty favorite, and that's. I mean, sorry, man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Joe, Joey Benavidez, but I think I think your career's done. You're 36 years old. Back to back losses to Devison Figueredo. Um, I just don't think he's he's ready for for a bounce back at that age. You know, after those back to backs, old guys losing back to backs scare me because it's tough to come back from. Um, fun, really, fact, especially after getting like just all hope demolished in a title fight. Well, he's, he's you're going from holding the title, fighting for the title, and now it's like, I mean, what am I really fighting for? I'm 36. Bro, he, he never held it, bro. He never held it. Oh, I guess it was technically it was vacant. Vacant. Yeah. So he's always been there. He's fought for it. Um, 
he's fought for it a couple of different times, I think, or he's, he's, he's been up there. And like, I mean, if you look at his, his, his last few, his fights, like I said, Devin Figueredo got submitted and got knocked out in the first and second round. Um, he beat uh, Juicier Formiga. He beat Dustin Ortiz, Ox Press, but then lost to Sergio Pettis. So, I mean, like this guy, he's been around for a while. He's just, I don't think he has the tools. And this, like you said, this Ascar Ascraft guy, Ascraft guy is fucking electric. You know he's twenty percent. You know he's deaf. Really? He can only hear twenty percent of the sounds that we can. And he actually won a gold medal for Russia in the twenty seventeen Deaf Olympics in wrestling. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> The Deaf Olympics? That sounds awful to say. <laughs> Dude, I know, right? That does not sound politically correct. Well, when have we ever been politically correct? But that's <laughs> I know, that, but I'm just saying. That's what uh, it's called. But honestly, like I can also kind of see that playing into favor in the UFC. Like you aren't you aren't taken in too much. Cause honestly, like I used to wrestle in just all the outside noise and here in each corner, like it's distracting. I know a lot of times you you learn to like kind of like space out and not hear it but it is distracting you do hear it yeah the one disadvantage people are trying to say is like you can't hear your corner but a lot of times i think those guys are fucking annoying and that's like, what i'm saying like there's like I, I, people are like oh you gotta do this you gotta do this yeah no shit i'm trying <laughs> like obviously but uh no i like that Askroff technically never lost either yeah he's never lost so is that who you're leaning i am Min- and again minus 120 he's he's good enough for me to take straight up yeah, he's got he's got the reach advantage. He's got height advantage. Uh, I mean, he's he's pretty much got got all the tools to beat Benavides there. So I like that. Not my pick because I only have I have one more, but I do I did like that when when looking at the card too. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming the last fight you have is Dominic Cruz and Casey Kenny. I do, I do. All right. Um, this is a band and weight fight. Very close in odds. Dominic Cruz plus 115. Casey Kenny's minus 135. I mean, what are you leaning here? Because this is this is a fight that I could honestly see going both ways, but yep. I did pick on it. Yep, I can see it going both ways. I'm going to lean Dominic Cruz. I actually think Dominic Cruz looked pretty decent against Henry Cejedo. I mean, it was an early stoppage in that fight. We mean you both. He, but he was getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. Yeah, but he but he wasn't fucking going down. Like, and that's my thing. Like, Dominic Cruz is a dog. Cody Garbrandt fucking beat the ever living piss out of him in that in that title fight when he lost the belt, and it went to a decision. The dude is tough, and uh, I think it was an early stoppage there. I pray to God Herb Dean isn't isn't refing this because he will go to an early stoppage. Um, so yeah, I don't think that you're gonna, that it's going to have to come into that in this like. I, I'm not sure if you were done, but I'll, I also I'll like the of, over. It's dog shit odds though, but I like the over of two. I, I could, I could definitely see the over happening because yeah. uh, nine of Casey Kenny's 16 yep. wins have come from decision. I, we haven't, this is another one where we have opposing picks. I'm going kind of favorite heavy on this prelim card, but I'm taking Casey Kenny because he reminds me a lot of like a, uh, like a Bryce Mitchell, but in the band ah. and weight class. So he will just get on you and just swarm you. And that's kind of, and I don't think Dominic Cruz is going to be able to defend that because Dominic Cruz isn't really a ground guy, unless he can outsmart him. I mean, Dominic Cruz got a lot of got a lot of fight minutes, unless he can figure out something to outsmart him and you know maybe get on top. But um, control the center of the octagon, control that clinch, put it, pin him against the cage. A lot a lot of things you can do to combat these guys. Like a take it to the they like to 
they like to take it to the ground in the center of the octagon. So the, so the people on the bottom of the, uh, of it don't can't use the cage to get back up. So if, if Cruz can get the, get that center and push him up against the cage, maybe, but I, again, I could see it going both ways. It's so close. I like Dominic Cruz. So I picked him. I think he's a great announcer. I think he's a great UFC personality. The over, like I said, is dog shit odds minus two fifty. but the over of two and a half is very, very juicy and enticing to take here. You bet 50, you're going to win. What was it, you know, 20 bucks. So, yeah, I mean, maybe if I, this I don't really have him right in front of me, actually, I can pull him up real quick. Maybe if you're leaning, because since we do have opposite picks, you want to take what you're thinking. If you're leaning dominant Cruz, uh, you could do Cruz by knockout because that's the really one of the ways that I could see him winning this fight. That's kind of just plus 550. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad one, but I mean, like. If you if you really like him to win, I don't really know. I don't think he's going to win this fight by decision with as much as Casey Kenny just swarms his opponents. Yeah, that's true. I mean that, and that again is kind of a way like uh, that I'm hedging it by if I'm taking Cruz plus one ten, I'm going to take the over as well. Probably dabble more on the over, and uh, you know we'll see. But yeah, that's UFC two fifty nine in a nutshell. A lot of stuff with Australia, a lot of bets. So write them down as you're going. Um, obviously later on in the week, we'll probably put out the big <clears throat> graphic with all the picks. Uh, we'll probably write end up writing a blog for this one as well, but, uh, should be a fun one. Should be a very, very fun fight. The biggest fight of the year. Dana White's got some big ones coming up. There's another one at the end of March, um, which is, uh, Stipe and there's two title fights of that one too. UFC 260 Stipe versus Ngannou for the heavyweight championship. And you also have, is it, I think it's the. Bantamweight? No, featherweight maybe. I'm going to it. If ESPN wasn't such dog shit, I'd be there already. It's Stipe and Ngannou and Volkanovski and Ortega. Yeah, yeah. So for the featherweight title, and Tyron and Vince and Vince Luque and Sean O'Malley. Yeah, so gonna be another big card. Uh, you know, I know all of you guys aren't you have big UFC listeners, but. We've said it once. We'll say it a million times for these big cards. If you're ever going to get into it, these big cards are the way to go. As Uncle Dana says, if you don't know, now you know. Exactly. So. You don't know, now you know. So UFC, what is it, 259? Yep. Uh, you heard it here. We're going to be watching it. We'll, be, we'll buy it. We'll watch it all afternoon, all evening, night long, whatever it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's all we have for episode 112. Yeah, guys. Uh, so we'll be back next week with some conference tourney stuff for basketball. Obviously, the week after that is in our big NCAA tournament. We've only ever done one of those. We didn't get to do it last year, so hopefully hopefully we get, we get to do this year. Week after that, it's UFC 260. Week after that is baseball. Like, it's it's starting to come up, man. We're getting to – I was talking with somebody on Twitter. I'm so it's out there. I legitimately think the springtime – like right when college basketball, like March Madness is going on, baseball's back, hockey's back, basketball's back, fighting, golf. This may be the best time for gambling. I think I like it more than football. Yeah. I mean, cause you got the players uh, coming up, not this upcoming weekend, next weekend. Yeah. The players, which is like uh, the technically like the unnamed fifth major of golf. So, I mean, there's just so much coming up where this could really make for an awesome spring. So yeah. it's going to make for an awesome spring. Definitely can. We're going to get it, enjoy it as much as we can after missing it all last year because of COVID. But like Travis said, it's going to do it for episode 112.
Link in bio for Team STL merch. Get a blue cooler. Spring's coming up. Bet Bavada. Follow us on Action Network. We'll see you all next week. Peace out. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.